Thank you for joining me for your MMA scoop. This is Ray Zomopadasu. Made it. This is episode, I don't even know. Is it 21? It's got to be. Episode 21. Or probably 22. Let me look this up while I'm live on the... It is 21. And I'm bringing you guys Cole Henry from The Scope MMA. This guy is... Me and him, we go way back as far as podcasting is concerned. If you guys recall, we had the number one bullshitter show. Unfortunately, the band has disbanded, but the brotherhood will always remain. And that's why we're here together to bring you guys another episode of Ray's Alma Plata Soup. If you don't know, my name is Ray. Of course, you can find me on Twitter, Darsh underscore Smokes. I actually just started a, a partnership with PureEvilMMA.com. So be sure to check those guys out for some awesome, awesome stories as far as the MMA community are concerned. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's the only website uh, that is covering the Anaya Blanchard from uh, case from beginning to end. So uh, be on the lookout for any updates from Donnie Rocket on there. With that being said, Cole Henry, go ahead and tell yeah, the people bro. what you're about, brother. Uh, well, like you mentioned, there's the the MMA scope that I that I host with uh, with Pat Shaheen when I can uh, when I can get him to sit down long enough to record an episode. But aside from that, uh, I, I write for the Scrap. Occasionally, I still write for the MMA Torch, and uh, I mostly just like to bullshit about MMA with anybody that's uh, willing to listen to me rant. So uh, here I am. Hey, man, I uh, might be a little bit biased, but I happen to think you're one of the brilliant minds in the MMA community today. So I definitely appreciate you taking the time out to have a little chat with me tonight. We got some good topics for you guys, if I'm not mistaken. Cole Henry uh, almost got me fired up right before we pressed the record button on this. What were you talking about? Was it the uh, was it McGregor and Cerrone? Yes, that's what it was. So your question was, if I'm not mistaken, why is he moving to 170? Yeah, well, I, I, I guess that's the thing. I mean, is he moving to 170, or does he specifically want to fight Cowboy at 170? You know, what's the uh, what's the logic, I guess, with, with Conor McGregor fighting at welterweight again? You know, this is absolutely making me completely perplexed because when you think about it, his end game is that he wants the Khabib rematch. If I, right? Uh, that's what it would. I mean, you'd think. So. Why are you fighting at 170? And then you got Dana White doing interviews talking about if Khabib beats uh, Tony and Connor beats Cowboy at 170, then there's a viable chance that they will make that rematch. But I'm like, wh what are you doing here? I am. Um, first of all, I mean, I just. I uh, I know I, I ran about this. I used to rant about it a lot on the older podcasts that we do. But I just I like the idea of the sport being treated like a sport. And as much you know, I get entertainment out of the Conor McGregor spectacle. But um, you know, to me, this fight—if he beats Cerrone, that's great. But he's no closer to to the Khabib rematch than he is without this fight, in my eyes. I just think it's kind of a weird fight for him to take, and it, it, it's it's interesting. But um, yeah, it doesn't get him closer to the goal, which, is, like you said, you know, you would think is a rematch with uh, 
with Khabib, so I don't really get that one. But it's just weird. You know, the matchup itself is, is interesting, but Correct. Yeah, well through weights. I agree. Weird. It's a tough matchup for both of them, in my opinion, um, especially at 170. Um, I think that Cowboy has a legit avenue to beat Connor, and I definitely think that Connor has a legit avenue to beat Cowboy. So um, it'll be really exciting to see how that fight plays out. But I think we still, what, we have two or three months for that one? Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, what's interesting about it, I think, is that, you know, what you could possibly sell yourself on with McGregor is that he, he might be the, maybe he's faster, slicker, you know, anything that you might want to use to describe Conor McGregor. You don't know that you can still make that argument when he's fighting at 170. You know, you right. don't know if his power translates. You just don't know what's going to translate to 170. So, um, I, I don't know. I just... I think it's a uh, like I saw a while back that Chael Sonnen said that it was a tactical mistake for McGregor to make this fight, and I do just wonder, you know, if this could, could be the type of thing where McGregor wakes up and uh, not literally, you know, not from a knockout, but just like the third round starts, he's starting to get tired, and he's got a, a you know Cerrone in front of him, ready to go another round or two. I just um, I don't know. This isn't as much of an open and shut fight for me as it seems to be for a lot of people. Yeah, now I hear you, I hear you. But uh, there's been a couple of other big fights that have been announced as well. Um, we were talking a little bit about UFC 247 that has been officially announced that is going down in Houston, Texas. They got a couple of bangers on this one. You said you're going to it, right? Yeah, we're definitely going to go. It's about two hours from us. And we have a buddy that lives there. So we're going to, I'll be crashing on his couch and, uh, hopefully get some good seats. Hell yeah, man. You definitely got a pretty nice card. I'm going to just kind of go glance over it one time. You got Lauren Murphy fighting Andrea Lee. That should be a fun one. Derek Lewis fighting uh, Latifi. Uh, you got Valentina Shevchenko defending her title against Caitlin Chukagan. And then you got John Jones fighting Dominic Reyes. Yeah, I, um, I hope that they add. I mean, it's, it is great as it is, but I do hope that they add one more, like, uh, kind of a uh, one more big fight to the main card before. Uh, before it's all said and done, but I do love it, especially it's it's kind of weird, but the Lewis uh, Latifi matchup is is interesting because I think it's it's an opportunity for Latifi to potentially get a uh, you know a win over a pretty high ranked guy just based off what could potentially be a stylistic kind of a bad matchup for uh, for Lewis, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. No, I agree, I agree. That one's going to be a tough fight for both of those guys because. Uh, you know, if Latifi can get low and get inside and wrestle Derek Lewis like he wants to put that pace on him. I mean, we've seen what high level wrestling can do to Derek Lewis's power, completely diminish it. I mean, in the D.C. fight, that's exactly what happened. So um, with that being said, though, Dan Daniel Cormier has gone on record and said the hardest person to punch him was Derek Lewis. Really? He has gone on record to say that. I'd believe it. I just didn't know that he'd said that, but uh, I would believe it. Absolutely. So uh, what else we got on this agenda? We're going to keep it pushing for you guys because, you know, I like to keep this thing short. Brian Ortega got injured, man. Apparently it tore his ACL. Have I ever With told you this? That's my absolute biggest fear in the world. Tearing your ACL? Yes. I think that might be up there as far as my biggest fear, as far as injuries are concerned. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah that's what I mean. I, I, I think I'd pretty much rather almost anything, you know, other than some debilitating, like, you know, I don't, I'm not talking, I don't want to paralyze, but I'm just talking in terms of like regular sports injuries, something like that. 
yeah. ACL, man. That might be the absolute worst one. It just seems like that nobody, uh, you know, you're going to be out for a while, and so many people, they're never what they were before the injury. I know that's kind of changed in recent years, but um, still, I've heard that too. Injury. No, I've heard that too from from people who have personally torn their ACL, and they say that they can't make certain movements anymore. They're they're scared to, you know, almost because they don't want to risk, you know, that that same injury. So uh, I hope Brian Ortega makes a speedy recovery. But with that being said. With all things that go down, something must rise up. And the boy Frankie Edgar answered the call. I'm so pumped for this fight. I've actually been screaming for this for a long time. I wanted the Korean zombie to fight Frankie Edgar years ago. But that's okay. Better late than never. We're going to finally see it. And we're going to see this shit in two weeks. I saw that... uh... Uh, the UFC uh, apparently, and, and I don't know if this is true. Maybe, maybe you'll know. Um, but apparently, the UFC like hasn't officially canceled Frankie Edgar against Corey Sanhagen. He's double booked as of right now. Yeah, and uh, from what I understand, like they're they're hoping they're they're at least leaving open the possibility that he fights both of those fights. Exactly. Because that that's the wild. type, that's the kind of caliber of a guy that you get when you call Frankie Yeager to save your card that's clear across the world. Here's my question. Okay, you would think that Frankie Yeager, I mean, you know, he wants to win another championship. He probably won't beat Max Holloway. Probably isn't working his ass off for that rematch anyway. Do you think in Frankie Yeager's eyes, he thinks that if he, steps in, saves the UFC here, that they'll be more likely to do him a favor down the road with a title shot? Or Absolutely. I mean, that's that's kind of notoriously been his story, right? Yeah. He, he's always, you know, been the guy that they can call on whenever they need to uh, something to save. Um, and he's done it multiple times. Uh, th- I don't think this is the first time. He, I mean, after he got knocked out against Brian Ortega for the first time, he was right back in there a month later fighting um, Cub Swanson. Yeah. So, uh-huh. I mean, this this guy just likes to compete against the best. And I think that's what we're getting here against uh, the Korean zombie. Um, he's probably already on weight, making it down to that Corey Sanhagen fight. Um, so why not get a uh, not a I won't say a tune up, but almost kind of like that. You know, why not get in there and keep keep your your heart pumping and your mind ready for this type of competition? Because you're going to need every bit of it. When you're fighting a Corey Sanhagen. And I tell you what, Korean Zombie versus Frankie Yeager, that is a, uh, that's just an awesome, awesome. Doesn't match. it get like, your panties wet? It really does. I mean, damn, it's yeah. like, uh, it, it, first of all, it seems like a fight we would have already seen before. It's crazy that we haven't, but, uh, right. But, and um, Chance yeah. Sung Young's been asking for this fight for years. Um, it just unfortunately has never come to fruition because Frankie Yeager was always on the cusp of that title shot. But, you know, I think to answer your question earlier, I think that if he beats the Korean zombie, he should at least be in the conversation for someone who should fight for the title again. I might be a little bit biased, but goddamn it, why not? I think he's kind of reached that point. I mean, it's the same as like where Uriah Faber is at this point in his career. There's a lot of other guys that probably have better streaks than Uriah Faber, this or that, you know. But if, if Uriah Faber goes in and beats, um, shoot, is it Peter Yan that he's fighting? Uh, 
Is he fighting Peter Yan? I think so. I, I think so. Well, my point is just that, you know, if he goes in and beats Peter Yan, it's Uriah Faber. He's going to yes. leapfrog a lot of more deserving fighters. And when I say more deserving, it's not my way of saying that, that, that Faber wouldn't deserve the fight. It's just other guys are going to have to do a lot more to get what Uriah Faber might get just because he's Uriah Faber. He's done what he's done so far. And I think True. that um, Frank Yeager's kind of reached that point to where, you know, if he does enough, he might get a shot that another fighter might not get. Um, I, I, I think I'm making sense here. Basically, yeah. I th- you know, as long as he's in the UFC's good graces, he, he's probably close to a title fight. Absolutely. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. And if he somehow pulls off this double header for the UFC, Holy they'd have shit. to just get on their knees and kiss his ass at that point. It'd be insane if he could do that you know i don't know if you'll remember this it was a while back do you remember chris lieben i do chris lieben once um he fought this guy named aaron simpson and he knocked aaron simpson out and then two weeks later he accepted a fight against vanderlei silva like he accepted a fight on two weeks notice Mm. and and he ended up submitting vanderlei silva with a triangle um, in that fight. So in a two-week period, Chris Levin submitted and knocked out two different opponents. See, anyway. Um, it's That's pretty kinda, awesome. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. Just, uh, some, you know, very high-quality opponent, opponents. Um, that is pretty awesome. Like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely it is. Basically, you don't see that very often. So um, with that being said, I could talk all 20 minutes about Frank Yeager, so I'm not going to do that on this podcast. We're going to keep it pushing. We're going to briefly talk about this fight card tomorrow because by the time you've listened to this, you've probably already watched the damn uh, fights. So let's go, go ahead and make some quick picks as far as the uh, pre or the uh, main card goes. Who do you got in Rob Font versus Ricky Simon? Or uh, I'm going to go with Font. I think he's uh, one of the more underrated fighters in the UFC. And uh, Simone is good. I think we mm-hmm. saw some holes against Faber, and I think that Font is going to be able to exploit um, a lot of those same holes. I, um, you know, I kind of had that same initial thought, but I think that Ricky Simon is someone who is able to plug those holes, and uh, I don't, I don't see Rob Font having the same toolbox that Faber had to nullify Simon's game. So I'm picking Ricky Simon in that one, uh, right. in a decision. With that being said, go ahead and keep it pushing. Geraldo De Freitas Jr. is fighting Song Yudong. I'll pick first on that one. I'm picking Song Yudong in the first round by KO. Who you I'm got? Sorry. What was the uh, say that one again? Who's he uh, Song Yudong is fighting Geraldo De Freitas Jr. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna go with uh, Song Yudong here. He's one of my favorite guys on the roster right now, and I'm obsessed with the uh, with the Chinese fighters right now. I don't know why, but I just like the like it's like this invasion kind of you know it's for so long they didn't have any I don't want to say high level fighters but they didn't have any fighters kind of on the mainstream um, MMA consciousness but as of late I mean you've got Wailing Zhang who's a champion you've got Yi Zhang Lang who is uh is that the right name Yi Zhang Lang could be wrong but the uh, the leech yep yep leech yep he's Zhang uh, I probably yeah, butchered that too he's coming on I just I like it. I always go on about this type of stuff, but we've seen it recently with uh, with Nigeria, where you know you had these countries that formerly basically had no representatives, and all of a sudden it's like there's just this wave that comes, and uh, that's one of the coolest things about MMA is you know the sport's just developing 
in these different corners of the world. And uh, every so often we get to see, you know, that uh, kind of come to a head. No, that is really nice. If I'm not mistaken, Wang Zaylee is, uh, or Weilei Zhang. God, why am I butchering all these Asian names? God, she's the first um, Asian UFC champion, yeah. male or female. So yeah, the only uh, the only argument that anybody could have against that was, and I, I guess this isn't really a good argument, but I know that one of the early early UFC tournaments that uh, Sakuraba won was a UFC Japan. So I guess if you want to get technical, he uh, ah. he was an Asian champion. But there you go, Cole but, yeah. with the with the facts. I'm just uh, I'm just a Sakuraba, Mark. I just. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, Aspen Lad, Yana Kuniskaya, who you got? Um, what's interesting about this one is that a lot of people are picking against Aspen Lad. I don't know. It, it kind of surprises me. I've just noticed because I. Uh, I've always picked against her, but that's just me. Well, I, you know, I think this is going to sound like a weird thing to say after saying that I'm surprised people are picking against her. But I think what she has going for is that she's a very dedicated individual. I think she works hard, but I don't know. You know, we, we saw her match up with an elite talent and she got literally one piece KO'd. So, um, I'm not sold that Aspen Ladd is going to be an absolute killer, but I do think we've probably seen the best from Kunis Gaia that we'll see. So, um, Assuming that Aspen Ladd can avoid those big shots, I think she'll no, probably... No, she's working with that Tiago Santos hammer that now. Is, I was going to mention that, or I was going to state that uh, maybe that's why some people are picking her. Maybe she's just got... I, I just have been surprised at the odds um, for this fight. But anyway, I, I'm going to go with Aspen Ladd, but this is the last time I'm going to pick her. Like, <laughs> I, I don't mean to say it like that. I don't mean to say it like that, because she's only lost one time. But I just mean, like... You know, there's, 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 like, Brendan, I was listening to a, um, and I'll shut up about it after this, but I was listening to an old Joe Rogan podcast today, and Brendan Shaw mentioned that you can have fighters who are either very athletic or very disciplined, and that athleticism or that discipline can get them past a lot of fighters that are less athletic or less disciplined. Yeah. But eventually, they'll get to a veteran with experience that's dealt with somebody that has, you know, either that athleticism or the dedication, and, and they're able to deal with it. And, uh, you know, I kind of that's kind of what my point is with Aspen Ladd, is I just wonder how much better she's going to get from where we've seen her up to this point. But uh, with that, that makes sad, sense. I feel like I'm just ragging on her, so, you know, we can no. move on. No, that makes sense. That's actually really perfect. Um, I'm picking Yana Kuniskaya by first-round submission. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you could be right. You could be. I don't know, do. dude. I just want to see the chaos. I want to see the world burn. I uh, I will say it does seem like occasionally when a fighter gets into like a relationship with another fighter, like their career it kind of takes off. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe uh, my only example that I can think of, I just said it as if it's a proven fact. The only person that came to mind was uh, Amanda Nunes and um, what's her oh. face? Yeah, Anzaroff. Yeah, she'd been kind of average, and then all of a sudden, it's like she just went on this tear, and they both took off, it seemed like, at the same time. Yeah. No, anyway. that's That was an interesting one. Uh, all right, we got a few minutes left. We'll quite try to get through the rest of this card. Uh, St- Stefan Struve is fighting Ben Rothwell. Who you got? Um, uh, I know. Ugh. I guess. I'll pick, I'll pick first, since you're still thinking. I'll go ahead and go with Ben Rothwell by a very boring decision. 
Uh, yeah, I pretty much agree. I'm not even going to rant about this one. Yep, let's go ahead and move along. Co-main event, we got Marino Rodriguez fighting the overweight Cynthia Calvillo. Who are you picking in that one? Extremely offensive there. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, she missed weight by like five pounds or something. Yeah. I mean, I I, that's not that she's fat, just over the overweight. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is what it is. She yeah. was overweight. Um, I, uh, Marina Rodriguez, if I'm not mistaken, is 12-0. and 0. She's undefeated. Yes. Um, I think she's had a l- little bit of success up to this point. Uh, if I'm being honest, I don't. This is one of those fighters where I'm not sure, uh, or one of those fights where I'm not really sure where the uh, scale tips in terms of, uh, basically what I'm saying is that this is a toss-up for me, and uh, mm. I'm going to go with Rodriguez just because, um, I don't know, Calvillo missing weight, um, I don't know. It always rubs you the wrong way, right? Well, I, I was really, really high on her for a long time until the Carla Esparza fight, and I know that's kind of a learning experience. But it just seems like since that loss, she hasn't had the same sort of intensity. But, uh, you know, I might eat my words. I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I picked uh, Marina Rodriguez via decision. So Yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, I think that's my pick as well. Yep. Our main event of the evening, Alistair Overeem. For, he's fighting. Oh, you might have to help me with this one. Jarzinho. Jarzinho Rosenstruck? I think it's pronounced Rosenstruck. Oh, shit. Man, I looked it up today. That's it. it. It's got to be Rosenstruck. I can't think, think, I think any way Stroke else you would say that. It's is pronounced like Stroik or something. It's like Rosenstroik. Where did it? Uh, anyway, I, yeah, I got really Jarzinho winning by first round knockout. Yeah, I do too. The only way I see um, this, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know anything about his ground game, but I assume that he's going to be able to at least stop a takedown. And we've seen with Alistair Overeem that if you can set up on him and hit him, you can knock him out. And um, I think that Biggie Boy's KO percentage is like 88 across kickboxing and um, MMA. So I, I like him to uh, to hit Overeem enough to uh, knock him out in the first round as well. It'll be interesting if Overeem tries to grapple, but I just don't think he will. So Yeah, he definitely could. I mean, he's got the, he's got the credentials to do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, t- t- to me, at this point, Overeem's type of guy where if we see him grappling, it's because he gets rocked, you know, and maybe if you follow him down, he'll try to throw on a guillotine. But uh, I just, I don't know. To me, this seems like a coming out party for uh, Rosenstroik. And if he wins, if they don't book him against Nganu, I'm going to probably become a WWE fan. I don't know. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. It's actually not a bad time to be an NXT fan. I'm sure uh, old Sean at Sportacus tried to get you on, uh, get you on board. Oh, yeah, we uh, we talk every few weeks about it. <laughs> uh, anyways, man, we've already done the 20 minutes. Actually, we're at 22 minutes. Is there anything you desperately needed to tell the people? Uh, no, I pretty much got it all out, I think. Hell, yeah, man. Well, thank you for joining me on this show. I'm sure we'll do it again. I'm actually dude, I'm, I'm mad at myself that this is the first time I've had you on in, in 21 episodes, but we're going to make it happen again. Yeah, dude, let me know. I'll come on anytime, and I'll make you a promise. Next time I come on, I won't um, eat a shit ton of Asian food right before we record, <laughs> and hopefully I'll be able to breathe a little bit better. So, uh, <laughs> All right, brother. All Take right, it man. easy.